Welcome to You, Me in the Counselling World, the podcast dedicated to student counsellors and their road to getting qualified and beyond. Today, I want to talk about making the transition from remote working to face-to-face. Hello everybody, nice to be back with you today. Here I am talking today about something that I think is quite topical right now with lots of things in in life opening up again and getting ready for, well, normality pretty much is back, isn't it? Despite the pandemic still ongoing, it feels like normality is starting to arrive back to us all. I think a big part of that for us counsellors is being asked to do more face-to-face work. And actually, in the examples of some student counsellors, they're being asked to do face-to-face work for the first time. They might be currently enjoying um, remote working, whether it's using Zoom or the telephone, maybe Teams. People are doing their work that way. And I have to say that if you'd have asked me before the pandemic hit whether I would ever consider online counselling, the answer would most definitely have been no, not on your Nelly, <laughs> because I'd always said that I like to work face to face with people. I've always really enjoyed the interactions. And for me, it feels really special to share a room with somebody that is working through some really deep stuff sometimes, you know, it feels really supportive and welcoming and safe. And all of a sudden, when the pandemic hit, we it's, it's a case of going online or not working at all. And it was a real transition for us all. It was very much around learning, learning about how to be online, learning about the what can go wrong, learning about what can go right and thinking about all of the different scenarios and really looking at it from a risk point of view. And I remember it taking quite a long time, actually. It was a while of partly enjoying some time off, especially for that first lockdown with amazing weather here in the UK, but also really thinking about how will I make this online and then asking my existing clients who are already used to working with me in the in the room, asking them, would you like to speak to me online via Zoom? And some of them were really hesitant and they weren't sure. I'd said, oh, we'll wait a little bit longer. It might not be very long and then we'll be back face to face again. But very quickly, we all realised that it was going to be a little bit longer than that and that the pandemic wasn't going to go away anytime soon. And quite quickly, people adapted to wanting to be online. And that goes for both clients and for me as a therapist. So I now do a huge proportion of my work still on Zoom, even though I'm offering face-to-face appointments, because for some people, it actually really works well for them. It fits into their life really well. It means that they can just do it from their home. They don't need to travel. They can do it in their lunch break if they want to. So it just, yeah, it's great. It's opened up so much in that respect. And and I actually now, to this day, really enjoy remote work, although I have really enjoyed my time going back to -to face-to-face recently. Um, I've really, really enjoyed that. But at the moment, I would say it's pretty much 50-50. So 50% of my client and supervisee work is done online and the other 50% is done in the room. So it just goes to show that the split is is there and it's going more now towards back to face to face. But I think that moving forward from this point onwards, there will always be a call now for people to offer Zoom, telephone and face to face as part of their services. So what does this mean for 
all of you student counsellors that have been at the moment working via Zoom for your placement hours. What does this mean for you guys when your placement starts to say, actually, we've got the facilities now for you to work face to face? What, you know, what will that be like for you? So I thought I wanted to share with you just some info really about moving to face to face work when you've been only seeing clients remotely and just talking about where some of the differences lie, what to think about. Yeah, how to prepare, I guess. It's about how to prepare and be ready for it, because although it's the same sort of work, it's different in many respects as well. So I think it's important to be prepared for it, at least. So it might be that you feel you're raring to get back to to seeing clients face to face. It might be that you've done some face to face work already and you want to get back to it. Or it might be that actually you've never done face-to-face work yet. Um, I think that's the case for a lot of my supervisees that only now are they starting to get to a place where they can start going back to -to face-to-face. And for some of them, they've never done face-to-face work before. So it's a real big transition to make. I think one of the first things that comes to mind is about thinking about where you're going to do this. It might be that your placement provider has a room that is... um, you know, ready to roll. It is a counselling room and it's got nice seating, nice lighting, got some clocks, it's got tissues, it's got all of the things that we would expect to see in a counselling room. Those are the lucky people that have that because many placement providers don't have premises that they can see clients from. A lot of them are outreach services, perhaps with local doctor surgeries and local hospitals um, and other kind of providers within the community. So it might be that you end up in an office or in a GP surgery room or in a hospital room somewhere. And actually, they're not particularly well equipped for counselling. So what's really important to remember is sometimes it's the little things that we need to equip ourselves with that help to make this process so much easier. So if you arrive, the room hopefully will feel suitable for you. But if it doesn't, maybe some little changes can be made, particularly around seating. If the seating feels like it's in balance somehow, it's not, you know, you've got one chair much bigger than the other or one little, little stool and one great big armchair. It will be about trying to find a way to balance that. So could you ask for different seating? Could you find different ways to make this more comfortable? I actually know somebody that used to take cushions into like big floor cushions with them and they used to sit on the floor with their clients. So there's different ways around what you can do. I always suggest to all of my supervisees before they go off is that they just have a little travel alarm clock with them in their bag. Not to use the alarm function, can I add? (laughs) We don't want an alarm going off at the end of someone's counselling session. But much more um, so that you know that there's a clock available. There's nothing worse than a counsellor trying to look at their watch really discreetly or trying to look at their phone worse still to see what time it is. So if you've got one in your bag, whichever room you find yourself put in, you know that you've got your little clock ready to take with you. There's also sometimes things that can be helpful, such as taking some pebbles or some little shells or some buttons in a bag. They can be really helpful to help you with that creative work and perhaps some things like felt tips and some sheets of paper in case you want to do something in the moment, like a timeline or draw something together. It means that you've got the creative stuff that you might need that won't necessarily be in the room that you're working in. The next thing to think about is how confidential the space is. 
if it's a shared space, then that isn't going to work particularly. You need to have somewhere that is confidential with a door that you can, you know, put some, a sign up that says, you know, do not disturb so that you're not going to be interrupted by people coming in and out. If you get to a room and it is a shared space where you're in the room and there are other people in the same room as you, then it isn't suitable to do counselling from. And that would be something I would suggest that you go back to your placement provider and talk with them about that because um, that's not a confidential space. So be wary of that. Be wary of what the room is going to be like. And, you know, ask your placement provider before you go. You know, ask them what they're expecting the room to be like. They may have never seen it either. If you arrive and you're in a situation where the placement provider is telling you that you're going to be in different rooms each time, it's worth checking that out with your clients. Sometimes clients can feel really um, kind of uprooted when they get have to change their rooms and things get changed around. So it's really helpful just to pre-warn them of the fact that you're in this room today and another day we might be in a different room and just check out with them how that feels for them and what that's like. But letting them know that the room is confidential and that you're not going to be interrupted, um, I think is really, really important. So you've got your bag, you've got your, you've got your clock, you've got all your pens and paper, um, and hopefully you've got chairs that feel balanced enough and you're able to space them as comfortably as you can. Now, when I did my training, I was always told to make sure that the counsellor sits nearest the door. And sometimes that can be a little bit controversial when I talk to student counsellors about that and how they feel. But I, to this day, still always do sit closest to the door. <laughs> and I think I just do that now out of habit. I've never felt unsafe yet, touch wood, in a counselling environment. But it is a good idea if you're working somewhere where, you know, you don't know the people yet. It takes time to build up that trust and that relationship. If it helps you to feel more comfortable it's a really good idea to sit by the door if you can. So make sure your chair's positioned nearest to the door so that if you need to leave, you absolutely can. So I think that that's the sort of logistical side of it all. And the next thing to think about is how it's going to be for you to meet the client face to face. The first thing that comes to mind for me is if you're used to seeing that particular client on Zoom and this is now changed to a face to face appointment, Sometimes it can be really, really weird to see somebody that you're so used to seeing on Zoom suddenly in real life. They might look different to how you thought they might look. They might be smaller or bigger or taller or shorter. <laughs> you know, there they might be something, they might wear different clothes to what you would have expected. They might have a different style. And so sometimes it can just be really interesting to just look at how you feel when they walk in the room. Do they feel like familiar or do they feel like they're different? And so it's just important to just check that out with yourself and to ask your client, how are you feeling seeing me in real in real life? I always say <laughs> not the Zoom isn't real life, but it always feels like in the room feels like real life to me. So I always say, how does it feel for you to see me in real life? And um, I think it's quite a nice way of putting it. But it's difficult because we don't we don't want the Zoom work to feel like it's not real because it completely is. It's really important work. And for many, it's an absolute lifeline and it has been a lifeline throughout the pandemic. So this is never to undermine the work that we've all done on Zoom. It's really important. But to see somebody in the room does feel really real and really different compared to sitting in your space, safe space and for the client being in their safe space, looking at each other via the screens. I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed about face-to-face -face work as opposed to Zoom or on the phone is it feels like on, on remote working, 
it feels like the therapy starts quicker. There's less sort of small talk. And in my experience, people are more ready to just sit down and just get started. Whereas I've noticed that when I work face to face, there's a little bit more kind of, you know, perhaps chatting about the weather or you sort of, you know, talking about how they got there today or whether they found it okay, that sort of thing. And so there tends to be, in my experience, just a little bit more small talk. And I think that's really natural part of building up to sitting down and talking about oneself because it is actually a really daunting thing for those of you that have done it will know just how daunting it is to sit down in that client's chair, especially for the first time, and just talk. So there's something about noticing that there's a little bit more small talk, and I think that that's okay to expect that. So long as we're not self-disclosing things about ourselves, I think it's okay to talk about the weather, or like I said, talk about how whether they found it okay, that sort of thing, just as they're entering the room and you're both getting sort of sat down together. The next thing that I think is important to be aware of is making sure that our phones are on silent, not on vibrate, because that could be really distracting, but on silent and ready. And I know that this might sound like really obvious, um, but actually in reality, in a room, in a room face-to-face environment, it's actually quite surprising how many times phones can interrupt a session and really break the continuity. So I always ensure that my phone is definitely on silent. And I sometimes make a point of picking it up and saying, oh, I'm just making sure my phone is on silent because sometimes that's a really good prompt for the client to do the same. So that's really important. If there's a client that you feel could be a person that could be distracted by their phone, perhaps they walk in on their phone, you know, that sort of thing, then it's quite good to find a way to sort of say, this is our space together now. Let's allow this space just for you because it's it's their time. It's the client's time and it's really special time for them. So we've got our setting. We've got our confidential space. Hopefully we're comfortable. We can see the clock. Maybe we've offered them a glass of water if that's available to us in our in our facilities. Maybe it's not, and that's okay. We've got creative things there if we need them. And we've maybe made a little bit of small talk as the client has entered. And this stands for both people that you've worked with already remotely, but it also stands for brand new face-to-face clients. And we begin our process. And I think the thing that's quite noticeable is that for me on remote working... I feel like I have to expel a lot more energy to be with the client. Whereas when I when I have them in the room with me, I'm not having to do so much guesswork. So on the telephone, I don't know about you guys, but my experience of working on the phone and counselling people is I'm having to do a lot of imagination work, I'm having to imagine where they might be and imagine what they might be doing and imagine some of the things I'm having to fill the gaps in a lot more try to imagine what their body language might be like at this time when they're talking. So there's a lot more to kind of take in. And the same on Zoom, really. You can only see a person from kind of shoulder up and we can't always see what their body language is doing, whether they're tapping their toes or whether they're picking apart the sofa as they're talking. And sometimes those are really big cues to help us to understand perhaps how the the client is feeling. So I use much more of the whole of the client when they're in the chair opposite me. I can say, oh, I noticed that, you know, you're you're tapping your foot as you say that. Or I can just clock the information and recognise that there's something about their body language. Sometimes something's about their body language is incongruent to what they're saying. So I think in the room, when when we're together, we really bounce off each other's energy a bit more. 
But when we're working remotely, we have to expel more energy, I feel. That's in my experience of it so far. The other thing that I wanted to sort of touch base on around this is that sometimes clients can become closed, more closed than they are on Zoom or on the telephone, especially on the phone where they can't see the therapist's face. They can't see anything of the therapist. And sometimes it leaves them feeling like they're going to share more and more and more and perhaps more than they expected. And then sometimes people panic because they've they've shared more than they thought they were going to share and they feel embarrassed and they kind of close down. Now, face to face, often people are slightly more closed off because, again, it's I guess it's more confronting and more exposing to be able to see the whole of the person sat in front of you. So just being really gentle with the way that we're interacting with them and recognising that this is a process that could be quite tricky at times and recognising and sharing with them how you're feeling throughout this as well. You know, noticing that you feel as if if there's lots of silences, noticing that and sometimes sharing that with them. You know, I noticed that there's lots of silence today. Can I check what that's like for you? Or can I check what's happening for you during those silences? That sort of thing, because often clients are a little bit more closed down, especially when they first come and it's their first or second session. You know, it takes them so much time to really build up to it. So recognising that is a really good idea. One of the final things I wanted to touch base on is something that many counsellors call the the door handle comment. (laughs) And it's often the comment that somebody will make right at the end of of a session. And this happens much more frequently in my experience, in a face-to-face setting, more so than on Zoom, because is what happens is we, we, we get towards the end of the session, we give our client the warning that we're coming to the end of the session, and they're really aware of this one big thing that they really wanted to bring, but they haven't yet been brave enough to say it. So they wait until you know you've done the diary bit, you've wrapped up everything as far as when they're coming next time. And then as they put their hand on the handle of the door, they give you some big bombshell piece of information, something that's worrying them, something that they've done in their life, something that they've just been dying to share with you, but they've not known how. And that can be really hard because sometimes people have have really built up to having to be able to share that. And then it's the end of the session and they're on their way out of the door and they say it. And that's a really classic way of, of a client sharing it. And sort of leaving it with you. <laughs> they know they've said it now, but they, they know there's not time to explore it. So always, I always find myself recognising that they've said something. Recognising, you know, wow, that's a really big piece of information you've given me there. Is it okay if we explore that next time? So really recognising it, being really honest. I would often say, I wish we had more time right now to sit down and do that justice together but I'm aware that the time has run out and we need to move on. Can we bring that next time? And I will often say to them, I won't prompt you again. It was your choice as to whether you bring it next time, but I really invite you to talk about it if you can when we meet next. So just being aware of the whole door handle kind of comment can be really, really important, but making sure that we recognise it, even when it's mixed in with a small talk as someone's putting their coat on, really recognise that it's there and really acknowledge it in the room. Gosh, I really could have talked about this for ages. I thought it was going to be quite a short kind of five or ten minute episode, but actually there's quite a lot involved in this, isn't there, in this transition between 
remote working and face-to-face working. One thing I would like to say kind of in closing is that I find face-to-face working easier than working remotely. (laughs) It just doesn't take as much energy. It still takes a lot of energy, a lot of mental capacity is taken up. But when I'm working on Zoom, I think it's really quite draining, especially you're looking at screen, you're really trying to connect deeply with somebody. You might have more interruptions by the internet going down or, you know, their doorbell ringing or Amazon deliveries, things like that. And so you're having to really hold that space and hold it firm. And I think that when somebody comes into your room and they sit down with you, you've got it set how you want it to be. They're entering your space. And I think it takes a lot less energy to hold everything. So one thing I'd say for anybody that's fearing working face to face, in my experience, it's easier. And I hope that's slightly reassuring for anyone that's been worried about it. So I think that's me done with this topic for now. If you've got any comments to make or any questions that you'd like to ask, please come and find me on my Facebook page. I will leave a link in the show notes below. It is such a wonderful space to be able to connect with you all. And it's my way of being able to communicate back with you, which is fantastic. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast today. I'm sorry if there's been any background noise. There's been some building going on up the road for where I live. And I've tried and waited all day for it to stop and realised that it was never going to. It's going to keep going. So I'm hoping there wasn't too much background noise in this today. I just wanted to get an episode up for you. So hopefully it will sound okay in the edit. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining me. It's been great to be here with you today. If you would like to leave me a review or a rating on Apple or Spotify, please, please do so. It really, really helps me out and I so appreciate it. So until next time, stay safe, everyone. Bye bye.